listening right now. We just praise the name of Jesus. We just take a second in our busy lives, on a busy weekend, God, in a busy time, Lord Jesus, to just lift high your name, to just praise you, God, to thank you. God, we just thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness, God. weekend that we get to celebrate a very special type of person and that is our moms. So I'm going to do something a little, I would make you do this if you were at church, so I'm going to make you do this in your house. So if you are a mom in whatever capacity that looks like for you, whether that is a biological mom, if you're a grandma, if you're a great grandma, if you're a mom who's lost a child, if you're a stepmom, if you are a mentor mom, if you're a spiritual mom, I want you to stand up wherever you're at. I know it's a little weird. You're going to stand up in your house. Yes, I want you to do that right now. Go ahead and stand up. And I want to thank you on behalf of your children, on behalf of your husbands, on behalf of your family, on behalf of your church. We thank you, moms, for what you're doing. We thank you for the service that you live day in and day out, that you lay down your life truly. Being a mom is the most selfless thing you could do. And we thank you. We applaud you in this place. And we just say, way to go, mom. I hope you feel loved this weekend. I hope you feel so celebrated. Maybe you're planting some flowers. Maybe you're going on a nice walk. Maybe you are having your husband clean the whole house for you. Best gift of all, right? Maybe an extra long nap in the afternoon. But we love you and we just thank you for all that you're doing and the impact that you're making. And before I get into my message, I, I want to take a moment and I want to celebrate very specific moms in my life. I think I would be doing a disservice or an injustice if I didn't speak about specific moms who have made an impact on my life. And so the first name is my mom. Mom, you are listening to this, I'm sure, right now because what parent doesn't listen when their kid is doing something that they're proud of? So mom, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for raising me, for, um, for, sacri for sacrificing everything to give me what I wanted and what helping me attain my dreams. I just thank you. You are the reason I am here. You mean more to me than I could possibly say, and you deserve all recognition, 
all thanks till I am blue in the face for all that you have done for me and even the unknown that I will never know about. I thank you for that. I am thankful for my grandmothers, both who are named Donna, who have had an impact in my life. They are very special women, and I want to give them a shout out for taking me on special trips, for teaching me to sew, for teaching me about Cajun food, for loving me, for calling me and asking how they can be praying, for loving on my kids and being as proud of them as I am. I thank you for that. Thank you to my mother-in-law who really has become more just like a mom to me. I thank you for being so good to me, for being so good to raise such an incredible man. I am so thankful for my sister who is an incredible mom. I'm surrounded by a lot of great moms, so I just need to take a second to get this out and to appreciate them. But Amy, you are an incredible example of what it looks like to be a godly mom, to raise godly children, and I thank you for that. And then I thank you for my sister-in-laws, Holly and Stephanie. I love you too. I'm so glad we get to raise our children together and that they get to be best friends, and I look forward to doing life together as moms for, for the rest of our lives, so thank you. So today's message is titled, The Blessing That Comes From a Mom, because I think there really is a specific blessing, a specific call that moms have on their life, and I want to talk about what that looks like. I want to talk about how God created that inside of each and every woman, and it looks different depending on what your life looks like. But I think there are specific traits that God places inside the heart of a woman, and we see this, and they come from the Lord himself. I think often we describe and talk about the father heart of God, which is incredible, and we should talk about that. But as much as men were created in the image of God, women too were created in the image of God which means mothers, and the way we, we parent, and the way we live, there's a mother heart that was created in God's image as well. And we find that from the very beginning. In Genesis 1.27, it says this, So God created human beings. He created both of them in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He created both of them, and he gave both attributes of who he is. He put inside men some of the things that, of who he is, and then he put inside women this mother heart, right? And so I think sometimes these messages on mother, these Mother's Day messages sometimes feel discouraging because it often singles out a specific type of mom, a biological mom. But what I think, and, and we'll get to it, and there's some science behind this, I think the Lord placed inside of a woman this heart of a mother. And that doesn't have to look like your biological children. This can come out raising adopted children. This can come out raising another woman's children. This can come out in, in, in women who are younger than you and raising them up and carrying them. And there's a blessing that you carry and encompass inside of yourself that you can pass on. It's this touch that God gave us. In Mark 10, 7 through 9, we see this. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. 
So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God, I find this really interesting, right? It's saying God is putting them together. And why would that be? Why would he say there's this oneness that needs to happen that not let not man separate? And I think it's this idea that I think there are these attributes of God that are placed inside of a man specific to men. And then I think there are attributes of God placed inside of a woman. And when they come together, you begin to see the wholeness of what God really looks like and who he is. I think that's something really important. But here's the amazing part that we need to remember as all humans across all the board is this, that where you lack he more than makes up for, right? So maybe you're listening to this and you go, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't receive that kind of mom. I didn't have a mom in the picture, so I don't know how to be like this. I don't have an example. I don't know what to live up to. I don't know how to do that. Maybe you're a single dad and you're raising kids alone and you feel like, well, then are my kids just not as going to be as whole? Well, no, because Jesus more than makes up for where we lack. And I think maybe the, the heart of this message is instead of trying to live up to a perfect standard of what a mom or what a woman looks like, maybe really what we should be doing is lean into who God is and who he is calling us to be. Not living up, leaning in right? Not living up to a standard or to an idea that society gives us or, or what our friend looks like or what our, our um, spouse thinks we should do. Maybe what is so much better than that is to live in the identity and walk in the calling of who Jesus created you to be because you carry his identity inside of you. So then what does this blessing look like? How do we, how, what, what blessing do we have when we become that, when we live out of that heart as a mom? And the first thing that we give is our protection, her protection. There's all sorts of scattered throughout the Bible, these ways God describes himself almost from a mother's heart. And I think you can skip over them and not think about that, but there are specifics then of how a mom really is with her children. There are specific callings to what a mom has inside of her. And we see this in Hosea 13.8. We see this protective side of God that he places inside of a mom. And it says this, I will encounter them like a bear robbed of her cubs. Right? It's this mama bear mentality that we have. And I will tear open their chests, which just sounds so intense. There I will devour them like a lioness as a wild beast would tear them. Which, wow, that's pretty graphic right there, right? But don't mess with mom. Okay? I, I am a mom. I have three children, five, three, and an eight-month-old. And I'm just going to let you know right now, I don't care what age you are. I don't care if you are to be respected and revered. You come at my kid, I'm going to let you know it's not okay. Right? I'm not going to, we're not messing around. There's no longer any politeness that is going to happen. I'm going to devour you. Do not mess with my kid. Do not mess with my child who I love and care for and would defend to the death. And I think the blessing that comes out of our protection for our children, for those who we love, is this idea of safety. The blessing is in that safety. The protection leads to the knowing of I am safe with my mom. 
Someone will fight for me. Someone is on my side. I mean, think of, think of the different people that you're going to see in life if they feel safe, if they feel secure, if they know that someone's on their side versus a person who had never received that. There's a difference in how they operate and how they live and how they, they act. And I think it's so important that we recognize that and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in that. So my mom, my mom maybe is the ultimate mama bear, right? My mom is the sweetest, kindest, gentlest person you'll ever meet, but you mess with her kids and it's just game over. There's no longer any nice Pastor Chris, it's, it's, it's game on in my mom's eyes. And so when I was in high school, I was a really great kid. I did not do anything wrong. I did not break any rules. I did not lie to my parents. I mean, I was as close as perfect, just kidding. But I was, I just, I followed the rules. I am a rule follower through and through, except for this one thing I loved to text on my phone during school, which wasn't allowed. So one day in class, I get my phone taken away. And the teacher's like, you can get it back. The, the rule at my high school was you couldn't get it till after the weekend. Well, I went home. I tell my mom this. I got in trouble in school. I wasn't supposed to have my phone out. I owned up to it. Like, there was no hiding what I did. I did it, right? Well, my mom was not having that. She was not about to let someone else have a phone that she was paying for go to waste. She goes, no, I need to know where you are. You're driving and this isn't happening. So we get in my car. My school is really close. We drive the five minutes and we go down to the dean's office. And she, along with being a protective mom, my mom also taught us to be assertive, right? We, we take responsibility. She didn't fight always our battles for us, but she learned to find that balance. So at first she goes, okay, you need to talk to them. You need to apologize. You need to explain the situation. So I begin to do this. I'm so sorry. This is my first time offense. I've never done this before. I will not do it again. I genuinely meant that. And the lady begins to lecture me on pretty much how awful of a person I am for just having my phone out simply. She treated me as if I was the worst kid in the whole entire school. She acted like I had... I don't even know. I don't, see, I followed so many rules, I don't even know what bad kids did. <laughs> I brought alcohol to school or something like that. She acted like this. So my mom, she's like letting it happen. She's, I'm standing here and she's standing right behind me. And she's like, okay, okay. And she just keeps going on. Just how awful of a person I am basically. And all of a sudden I like feel my mom's I'm like, okay, here it comes, here it comes. And my mom goes like this and puts me behind her, steps in front of me and goes like this to the woman. Just like that. She just stops her dead in her tracks and she goes, you are done. You are not going to talk to my, she, was con she wasn't rude or disrespectful, but she definitely set the tone. You're not talking to my daughter like that with me here in the room. She, and she defended me. She said, she's a great kid. You have no right to talk to her like this, and you're going to give me that phone. And sure enough, the woman totally backed off and apologized and said, I'm so sorry. That probably, I did. I did definitely overstep, did give me the phone. And it was this moment in my life that I realized my mom is for me. And whenever I need her, wherever I need her, my mom's going to be there. My mom is going to protect me no matter how old I get. No matter what happens, my mom is on my side. My mom is for me. And it's a blessing that I get to live out of because she has chosen to protect me and all her kids. 
And then the second thing, the second part of this blessing that comes from a mom is it's her comfort. It's this really sweet thing that God has placed inside the heart of a woman to be able to comfort. To be able to comfort those in need, to be able to comfort those who are hurting. Isaiah 66, 13 through 14, again, we see God in this comparison to what a mother does for her children. And he says this, I will comfort you there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. When you see these things, your heart will rejoice. And then this, this is really interesting, I think. So he's going to comfort them, right? As a mother who comforts her child. And there you will flourish like grass. Could it be possible that God is saying when you have comfort, right? When you feel like someone is there with you, coming alongside you, you begin to flourish. I believe this is such a huge part of us as moms is that we have this role and this place to comfort our children. To not just toss aside when they're upset and go, you're fine. But to really comfort, to really get down on their level wherever they're at and however old they are and to comfort them in that place. Because in that place they begin to flourish. And then it even goes on to say this, everyone will see the Lord's hand of blessing. Isn't that interesting? He talks about comfort, he talks about flourishing, and then he says this is the blessing. This is the hand of the Lord, this comforting part. The Holy Spirit is called our comforter. Comforting is very important, and often we gloss over that and the importance of being able to be comforted of being able to go to someone, to have a shoulder to cry on, to express how we really feel. And God placed this inside of the woman. God put this inside of a mother's heart to comfort her babies, her children. You're never too old to be a baby. And the the amazing thing about this is, I, I love it because I think it shows, I think this is inside of a woman And so I don't think it necessarily correlates to, I had biological children and therefore I'm a comforter. No, I think God put this inside of a woman's heart. That mother heart to comfort. To come alongside a friend. To come alongside your husband. To come alongside a a co-worker who's going through something. But yeah, to also come alongside your children and to comfort them where they're at. To be there with them in every moment, to not leave and back up, but to embrace it and to allow the Holy Spirit. This is what's so important about parenting is letting the Holy Spirit lead you, right? To not live up to an expectation, but to lean into him, to lean into what he wants to teach you and to what he, how he wants to use you with your children. So we have three kids. And I will just say this, JJ is the best dad ever. He is amazing, he is so sweet, he is so kind, he is so good to our children. I couldn't have handpicked a better dad than JJ for our kids. I, 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 I am often just in awe and just so amazed by the dad that he is. But what's so interesting is even with that, when our kids are hurt, 
or when our kids are sick or when our kids fall down or they need that comfort, they will go around him to find me. We have, we have this like running joke, our, our middle son, he, he gets a snack after he wakes up from nap every day. And JJ, instead of going to JJ, who's always closer somehow, he walks around JJ, even though JJ's like, I can open your snack. He goes, no, I want mommy to do it. Because mommy is the comforter and he gets up in my lap and we just have a couple minutes together. Or our oldest always wants mommy night. It's always mommy night. There's never daddy night. So we both say goodnight and then it's mommy night. It's my time to talk with him and to, I have him, he wants to think, he, he needs his mind to settle down. So I give him topics to think about and to report back to me in the morning. Like, what's your favorite show? Or how was today doing? Or what kind of birthday do you want? He turns, he turned five this past week. So it's a pretty special Mother's Day time for us and our family because it always happens to be right around Ezra's birthday. My firstborn, the one who made me a mom, but right now, Ivory, our youngest, is in ultimate mom mode right now. So JJ could do the exact same things as I would, right? He could wrap her up the same, he could swaddle her the same, he could sing the same song, hold her the same way, do the exact same things as I would. And it will never be enough in her eyes. There are only going to be screams of mama until I come and get her, and she's totally fine. In an instant, she's totally fine because I, in this season, bring her great comfort. And I think it's this idea, this is how God is with us, though, as well. He's our comforter. He's this person in our life who comes and comforts us, who comes and speaks to us. And I think, it, I think the greatest lie as women that we believe when we become moms is, I'm never enough. I don't live up to this standard, and I don't live up to this way of doing it. And we begin to compare ourselves, right? The way I comfort might look very different than the way you comfort at home right now. And that's okay, because here's the thing that we need to go back to, is the blessing comes out of how we were created in God's image, and maybe that looks different for each mom. And instead of looking at the mom or the woman who is our best friend or our sister or even our mom, what we need to begin to do is go, God, you gave me these specific children. So how do I comfort them in the way you called me to comfort them, in the way you created me to live and to be their mom and to parent them and to have them run after you? How do I do that in that way? And it begins to free us of condemnation. Comparison leads to condemnation always, church. It's just true. Comparison in any way or in any facet, it's going to lead you to condemnation because you'll never measure up because you're looking at the wrong identity. They're not your source. He's your source. And he always leads to life, never condemnation. And then the third part of the blessing that comes from a mom is her care. She cares for us. She cares for us in all aspects of our life, in all places of our life. Deuteronomy 32.11 says this, 
like an eagle that rouses her chicks and hovers over her young, right? It's this care. It's this tending to. It's this making sure, are you okay? Are you cared for? Are you taken care of? So he, right, the Lord, again, it's this comparison. We get these facets of God placed inside of us, spreads his wings to take them up and carry them safely on his pinions. God is our caretaker, and he placed this inside of a mom to care for her children. So I love science, right? I love love to research anything that has to do with biology, with how we were made, with why we were made, with the way the brain works, anything with that, I just, I love to read about it. And so I wanted in this, I, I was like, well, is there something that backs up what I'm saying? Biblically, what I'm saying, yes, but is there science that backs up this idea of motherhood? What happens to a woman when she becomes a mom? And, and this, I found this really interesting. You can Google this yourself too. There are, there are tons and tons of research out there about a woman's brain when she becomes a mom. So I want to read this little part of it that I found, and it says this, a mother's brain physically changes when she becomes a mom. Research has found that in a normal brain, activity in the amygdala grows in the weeks and months after birth, right? So she becomes a mom and it instantly starts growing. This growth, researchers believe, is correlated with how a new mother behaves. An enhanced amygdala makes her hypersensitive to her baby's needs. She cares. While a cocktail of hormones, which find more receptors in a larger amygdala, help create a positive feedback loop to motivate mothering behaviors. Just by staring at her baby, the reward centers of a mother's brain will light up, scientists have found in several studies. This maternal brain circuitry influences the syrupy way. I love that word, right? You know exactly what I'm talking about. If you have recently or you've been around babies, it's that that mom voice, the syrupy way a mother speaks to her baby, how attentive she is, even the affection she feels for her baby. It doesn't just switch off either. Once you have this, you do not go back to how you were before. And so there's this thing that God places inside a mom, right? It's this selflessness that happens. I always say, I used to be such a selfish person, which I was allowed to be. I had no one I was taking care of. And I was very worried when I was pregnant with my first, oh, I have to get up in the night. I was terrified of this. I was afraid of giving up the lifestyle I had grown to love. The time with my husband, the, the freedom to do what I wanted when I wanted. But what I didn't anticipate is this feeling that happens the second you meet your baby. This protection and this care and this comfort that you want to give and you gladly give and you give it so selflessly and joyfully. But science backs this up. It happens. Something happens in your brain when you become a mom. But here's what's really interesting. And isn't God so cool like this? The study then goes on to say... The blueprint blueprint for mothering behavior exists in the brain before a woman ever has a child. So it's there, right? God designed us with this idea, this heart of a mother inside of a woman, which then I think is such an encouragement because sometimes we isolate moms who did not have it the normal way. 
the biological where you carried your baby for nine months and we go, well, you're maybe less of a mom. This isn't saying that. What's so amazing about who God is, is he puts it inside of us long before we ever need it. He makes us like this. He designs us like this in our mother's womb to, to become this mother, right, when we need it, when we adopt or when, when we step or stepmother or when we foster. Or you're no less of a mom if you've lost a baby either. There are all different looks to what a mom is. Maybe you never had children of your own, but are you such a great mom to those who surround you that they call you even instead of their own mom because you carry this inside of who you are? It's allowing the Holy Spirit to open us up to this, to open us up to this part of ourselves of what a mom looks like and the blessing that comes out of it for all the lives that surround us, not just our own biological children. Um, I, I talked at the very beginning about my mother-in-law, and I call her Andy Mom, and she is precious. I think she should teach a class for all mother-in-laws on how to be a great mother-in-law because I hear people talk about how hard it is with their mother-in-laws, and I do not feel that. She is wonderful. She's so good to me. She's never tried to take my place. or I, I, I love her dearly, and she's a wonderful grandma to our our children and a wonderful mom to her sons and so she has become a comforter in my life she cares for me she is a care to me when we, we I, I miscarried a couple years ago and after that happened it was as if the world stood still Right, and everyone's aware of that who's close to you. But as time moves on, that heartache, if you've experienced that, doesn't really go away for you. So I think out externally, it looks like I'm okay and I feel okay. And in many ways you are, but there will be a moment or there will be a day or there will be a time that reminds you and you go right back to the feeling you felt on that day. And my mother-in-law is so good and so kind because she still remembers with me. She still cares for the loss I experienced. She still walks alongside me in that way. And it's just proof it doesn't have to be a biological mom that cares for you. She's been so loving and so kind to me. She wears this necklace that has the initials of all her grandchildren, but she has a number three on it for her third grandchild. And every time I see it, it's this reminder, you care. You care. Isn't that, as a human, what we so desperately look for and want is someone to care? And I've been so blessed by many moms who have cared for me. When I was pregnant with my first son, I got two really bad kidney infections and um, almost died, actually. My, my fever was really high and they couldn't get it down. They, they were asking me about a will and they were talking about an emergency C-section and it just, it was, it was awful. My husband was there and he was so good and so great, but he had not been pregnant, so he didn't really know what I was feeling. And the fear, and, and we were there, and I, the first person, it makes me cry, the first person I called was my mom. I needed my mom to come and care for me. And it was, she walked into the room and just brought this presence of care and peace. She was getting me pillows. I was so uncomfortable, and I was in so much pain. She goes, she needs medicine right now. 
that protection, right, came right back up. She was going to defend me, and she was going to make sure I had everything I needed. She came, and she stayed at the hospital with us days, making sure I was okay, dropping everything in her power to be there with me, to remind me, it's okay, I care for you, I'm here for you, and I love you. And that's something we all need in our life. And that's something that God has placed inside us as women to care and to be there and to love on our children and to love those around us. And then the last part, the last place I think that we see this, be- this, this part of blessing is in her beauty. And I'm not just talking about this idea, this physical idea of beauty. We have, we have really messed up in culture what beauty is. We've really defiled the word of beauty and what it means to be beautiful. We've lost sight of that and we just define it as there's one specific idea of beauty and it only has to do with your physical traits. But I think what God did is he placed inside of a woman beauty. Beauty to behold and beauty to see. Eyes to see beauty. I think uh, often in our society, there has to be a purpose behind something, right? Well, it's beautiful for a reason. But if you look around nature and you look at what God created, beauty is often simply for beauty's sake. To be beautiful, to gaze upon it and its beauty for simply that alone. And the life it brings to your soul when you do that. In Psalm 27, 4, it says this, One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after. This is one thing, right? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the what? The beauty. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord to inquire in his temple. There's something to to appreciate, to value about beauty, and we really, truly have lost that. And I think right now in this quarantine time, in this time that we have been stuck at home, God has really revealed this, this slow pace that brings out recognizing beauty. There's this softness that comes with a woman, that comes with her beauty, but I think it's greater. It comes from the inside out, right? The most beautiful women that I know are the most beautiful character women that I know. And it just radiates out of them, and that we would be mothers who who radiate out beauty, that we would walk in the ways of the Lord, that we would walk in leaning into him and leaning into who he is and expressing that beauty that only comes from him. We, we've been going on hour-long walks. Yes, I realize you recognize how tan I am. Thank you. Thank you all. Um, but while we've been going on these walks, we live, our neighborhood lives, we like live right up against the foothills. And this time of year is just beautiful. And I'm so grateful that we have had to have this quarantine stay-at-home season while it's been nice out because I don't know how I would have handled this in December or January in Colorado. I think I would have just slept a lot. But we've been going outside. 
And we've been going on these walks, and there's a place, a point in our walk that we get. It's about 45 minutes into the walk, and it's this open field, and it's quiet. There's no, there's no cars around, and you just see all the beauty to behold of the mountains. And I could go, okay, we have dinner that we need to get going on. I need to feed you guys. I need to bathe you. Milo needs to go to the bathroom for the hundredth time today. There's all these things, right? Even stuck at home, you're still doing a bunch of stuff. But every day as we walk on this, I make us all pretty much stop. I'm like, look at boys. My little sons who are starting to to have communication, to really have conversations with me. And I go, look at what God made. Look at the beauty that feeds our soul. Do you hear the birds? Can you listen to them? What a beautiful thing God has done for us to simply enjoy. There's something to enjoy about that and to see and to slow down and recognize that. Or now, it's few and far between when I really get ready and put makeup on and get a nice outfit on. But when I do, my, my sons, who are five and who are three, I'll walk downstairs and it's the most precious thing probably ever. The greatest compliment I didn't realize could come from a child, but it really does. They'll go, oh, mommy, you look so beautiful. Mommy, what, what's that on your eyes? I like those sparkles. Mommy, that shirt looks really pretty. And it's interesting because it's days a lot of times that I go, really? Because I feel like I do not look so great. And yet they're able to see this beauty because they love me. And they love who I am. And it's something to behold and something to value. I'm valuable to them. It's this blessing of being able to appreciate beauty in its rare form in the way God designed it to be. And so as I close, I think it's important to say, even if you didn't experience this, maybe you didn't have this in your life, maybe you don't have this, Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you are at that place that you're feeling like, I'm just, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And I think it's so important to to say this, that what's impossible with man is so possible with God. That his grace is sufficient enough that he covers where we lack. And that it's not a standard to live up to. It's a God to lean into, really. Because we were all made in his image. We were all made in his image. And mom, I just would tell you today, you are more than enough for your children. You are more than enough. You are capable, you are able. I know the days feel long sometimes. I know the moments feel impossible. I know the patience can run short. And yet God makes it possible. 
continue to live this life. And if you go, it's just too late. It's never too late with God. It's never too late to start. It's never too late to to do this. Even if you didn't have this example, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Allow him to direct your footsteps. Allow him to guide you where he is taking you, where he wants you to lead your children. So I ask the worship team to go into this song to end our Mother's Day, to end this time. And it's called The Blessing. And we've done it before, but I think the words are so powerful as mothers, as parents that we have over our children and their children and their children. That the blessing we pass on does not just stop with us or with our kids, but it continues to go. It continues on in our lineage. So may you just soak this up. God, may you just wash over and refresh all the mothers, all the women who are listening to this right now. Let me pray a blessing over you. God, I pray for the moms in any form and capacity that looks like Jesus. I pray that you would bless them, that you would be with them, Father. That you would fill their day with hope and with joy, God that you would remind them why they're doing what they're doing, Jesus. That it's not just about today and it's not just about tomorrow, but it's a legacy we're passing on, we're moving forward. God, may you lead us to raise children who run after you. We just bless you, God. We just give you this time, Lord. In your name, amen.